Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. From the producers of Jury Duty and The Bachelor. We have scoured the earth for the 14 greatest reality contestants that were available during our production window. Comes a reality competition show about reality competition shows. What in gay hell have I got myself into? The GOAT, premiering on Freebie and Prime Video on May 9th. It's so funny because like growing up, my parents would incessantly listen to the Beatles and I was like, man, they're just so stuck in this like, you know, this decade for them that really stands out and I'm never going to be that way. And yet when I drive to the grocery store, I play Nirvana in the car, (laughs) you know, uh, when I'm channel surfing at night, like, yeah, like if it's not an old school Nickelodeon show, I'm going to toss up, you know, uh, the soup Nazi episode from Seinfeld. You can't do that on television, but I guess you can do some things on a podcast, like talk to Ben Giroux today. But hold on, before I even get into all that, let me introduce my co-host, the most amazing, wonderful, blonde, brilliant, Claire Kramer. Hi, Claire. Hi, David. Yes, we can talk about Ben. We can definitely do that. That's something we can do. We can get right into it? Well, I don't know. You want to? Sure, why not? <laughs> Let's do it. So this is Ben Giroux. He's going to be on today. Uh, you know him from so many things. He was the toddler, the villain on Henry Danger and Danger Force. He is also has uh, just, you know, 4 million followers on TikTok. So check that few. out <laughs> at Ben Giroux, G-I-R-O-U-X. And he is on the new Paramount Plus Nickelodeon animated show, Big Nate. He is Nate. He's Nate. Amazing. But he has, his last name ends with an X, which, which you just spelled it out because you can't hear the X. So that's kind of like an interesting thing, right? To go through life with an extra letter just saddled to your name that serves no purpose. I'm down with ending in an X. A little X marks the spot, a little uh, X factor, if X you factor. will, because he's that kind of a guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I I hear you. He is very funny. He's he's an awesome guy. You actually have auditioned for stuff for him before that was not happening because of the pandemic. Apparently. Yeah. At the end of the whole podcast, he says to me, he's like, oh, by the way, I don't know if you remember, I was the producer for this project. I was like, oh, my gosh. And so he was very kind, said some very kind things. And But I knew there was something familiar about him, but I just attributed it to the fact that he's in every TV show and has done every voice and is on social media. But right. I actually have. But he actually gave him. you nice compliments about your improv skills. So that was good. Take your moment in the, in the sun, David. Thank you, Claire. I received this. Yes. Received receive it. it, receive it. And the topic today is a super relatable topic for me. And I know you as well, which is 90 nostalgia Nickelodeon shows. Oh, my gosh. Nick 90s. 90s Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon, my friends, you lived it, you breathed it, you know you watched it, and <laughs> now we get to have a whole deep dive with Mr. Ben Giroux about it. So keep listening; it's happening right now. 
All right, Ben. Pete or Pete? Uh, I'm going to go Peter. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) The older, the brother. (laughs) Yeah, sure. We'll keep it ambiguous. The one with red hair? Hey, they both have red hair. But no, seriously, is there one that you lean towards more than the other? Gosh, you know, I don't... it, it's funny, as much as I am a, such a fan of 90s Nickelodeon, that is one that I didn't watch as obsessively as the others. I was more like a hey dude kind of guy. Oh. Salute your shorts. Mm. Yeah. Camp on a wanna. You know, uh, but yeah, I, I watched a little of Pete and Pete. They they stand out to me as kind of one and the same. I guess that was sort of right? the point. <laughs> Okay, Ben, first of all, welcome to the show. And if anyone hasn't guessed yet, we are talking about 90s nostalgia Nickelodeon shows. That is what Ben's fanatical about. And can you just give us like an umbrella view of what that means to you, Ben? Yeah, to me, like I'm a huge fan of nostalgia and the 90s, obviously. And what I love about specifically 90s Nickelodeon is it reminds me of a simpler time. You know, I'm a product of the 90s. It reminds me of a time where you had to memorize, you know, your friend's phone numbers and you had to go play outside. And we weren't completely, uh, you know, we didn't have little computers in our pockets nonstop. So it was a simpler, happier time. And in my mind's eye, it is representative of sort of edgy, fun comedy on Nickelodeon of that decade. Because it was a really hip deal, Nickelodeon. Like I was telling you, just meeting you right before we hit record, I watched The Orange Years, which is the Nickelodeon documentary that came out, I think, over the last few years. And it was really enlightening to remind yourself, like Nickelodeon thinks of themselves as the hip, edgier, older brother of Disney. And they were. Like you had, you know, Keenan and Kel and... Who was the dude who sang the theme song? Was it not Method Man? I'm forgetting who it was. Oh, you're uh, right. God, you know, gosh, I don't remember. It. Now but, I got to Google this. Who is it? But you're right. I remember watching Keenan and Kel growing up thinking, gosh, I want to do that. I mean, it was funny. Coolio. It felt, mm. cool, that's right. Coolio. In fact, I've actually done <laughs> this like years ago. I did a web series with Coolio. It was a very interesting experience where I was playing a detective and he was the villain and he had an army of ninjas. It was a strange project. <laughs> Sounds grounded. Sounds yeah, very sounds, uh, down to <laughs> Very true to life. It was very subtle. <laughs> very, very subtle, yes. No, but really, I mean, I remember for me, Nickelodeon was the only place where I could watch like a mystery show. The Remember the show, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, that yeah. was geared towards kids. And it wasn't cheesy. It was actually like true little scary vignette moments. So they were a little, I like that description. I've never heard of the fact that they view themselves as like the more, uh, I don't know, relatable Disney, you know, but I think that fits. And and edgier, you know, that show used to freak me out as a kid. I mean, it was genuinely terrifying stuff as like a 10 year old watching that. And I've always sort of viewed Nickelodeon as, you know, like the idea that kids can handle it sort of sort of an edgier vibe. I remember as a kid, my parents would watch the shows, you know, with me and my sister and would find equal enjoyment out of it. And I don't think you could say that for all all kids television. So, you know, that's one of the things that really stands out to me. 
No, absolutely. And what you're saying is like, I think The Simpsons debuted in 1989, so just just shy of the 90s. But like Rugrats and some of the other animated shows on Nickelodeon, they were exactly that. They were pairing, you know, keeping the parental interests at the same time as appealing to the kids. And nothing like that had really ever been done. If you think about Ren and Stimpy, I mean, that <laughs> like, was more an adult show than it was a kid's show. Oh, the stuff sure. that they would get away with was crazy. Crazy. Uh, and I've heard very strange things about that showrunner. Like, apparently, he was totally off the rails and unhinged. And obviously, that is reflected in the show as well. So, like, that to me personifies just the Wild West of especially kids' animation growing up in the 90s. Like, it was so new. You know, they were really letting letting the showrunners kind of get away with stuff that that was pretty nuts. Yeah, it's funny. We say it's like a simpler time. And it was because I always, I think we look back with rose tinted glasses constantly on our childhood because I think our brains and our hearts and God or whatever you want to call it just make sure that we remember typically the good things. I think I think we obviously have bad memories from our childhood, but I think kids are strong, and I think we actually shut out a lot of the bad stuff to kind of yeah. move forward, so that in our adulthood we spend lots of money on therapy. But I think <laughs> I, I think we remember kindly our past, and so I, I'm with you on that. Does the Nick brand go beyond the shows for you, or were you really when you think of Nick, you think of just like your list of TV shows? The Clarissa explains it all. The Alex Max. The Are You Afraid the Darks? I mean, I feel like it defined my childhood with my sister. You know, that's how I bonded with my my younger sibling is is watching Nickelodeon shows. You know, you're you're right. And and then finding full circle moments in my life. It was so defining for me as a kid growing up with all these people on TV. And then as an entertainer, retroactively working with them has been a real full circle thing. You mentioned Clarissa explains it all. Uh, I, I did a Melissa Joan Hart's a director now, and I did a, a Netflix show that she directed, and it was like, you know, everybody was was excited to be on set, but I found myself to be especially excited because I was working with somebody that I I grew up on TV watching. So a lot of those full circle moments have have become evident to me in the last few years that I've really enjoyed. But did you go up to her though? Did you t- did you say like, hey, I just got to be honest. I, I can't let this moment go without me at least saying thank you for doing that show when I was well, It's funny. She sort of told me about some blocking she wanted me to do in a scene, and I, th- I said, thank you for explaining that to me, <laughs> <laughs> which, I'm sure, which I'm sure she has never heard before in her, in, in her entire life. She was lovely, but it was just such a bizarre—it's just so weird. I'm sure you guys have felt the same way when you grow up uh, sort of experiencing— you know, television and celebrities and the people that you revered as a kid. And then you sort of retroactively work with them or collaborate with them or meet them. And they're just real people just like you. It's it's a it's a strange experience, but one that is very satisfying. So I think we all agree that, like, there's something comforting about history, having history and the past, you know, in this kind of way. Do you turn on Nick now if you need to relax? Do you throw on an old show? Do you put that channel on from one of the streaming services and kind of, like, let yourself relax to these shows anymore? Do you go to Camp Anoana ever again? (laughs) Say it right or pay the price. (laughs) You know, I, uh, yes, in fact, I find that it's so funny because like growing up, 
my parents would incessantly listen to the Beatles. And I was like, man, they're just so stuck in this, like, you know, this decade for them that really stands out. And I'm never going to be that way. And yet, when I drive to the grocery store, I play Nirvana in the car. <laughs> you know, uh, when I'm channel surfing at night, like, yeah, like if it's not an old school Nickelodeon show, I'm going to toss up, you know, uh, the Soup Nazi episode from Seinfeld. I'm going to watch the stuff that I, you know, that I grew up watching. I find myself just stuck in the 90s in all the best ways. I love it. And yes, I, I love to consume, you know, stuff from the 90s and stuff that really holds up. You know, I'm getting a little off track, but I, no. I mentioned Seinfeld. It's it's really relevant. The humor stands up. And in fact, I've got a a, a fun little personal goal of mine to collaborate now with as many people from Seinfeld lore as possible. I've done three plays with John O'Hurley, who plays Jay Peterman. <laughs> I've auditioned for Jason Alexander, so I'm, I'm just sort of chipping away at, right. at, at Slowly personal but surely. Seinfeld milestones. <laughs> yeah. I, did a, I did some Acura commercials with Jerry. That's awesome. Yeah. I was like the lead in these Acura commercials, and I was, I, I was just thrilled to have met him in the callback, let alone <laughs> that I did the gig. And it's still to this day that I never needed to get paid a nickel. Oh, yeah. Well, what's fun, Ben, that you're bringing to the table here, and Claire gets it because she's been in these places, and I get it because I've been in these places. But hopefully you guys at home understand the joy that we get because most people don't get to meet the heroes and the people from your history. You know, we do. That's the funny thing. We get these opportunities. If you're in Hollywood long enough, you're going to just either meet or bump into these people. So did, is that part of, not to get into your acting career, but is that part of why you got into this? Or is it you're just starting to realize this is a fun sort of bonus, like a bonus part on a DVD? Like, is it, is it just been fun for you just to meet all these people over the yeah, years? Yeah, I mean, you guys probably feel the same way with your own entertainment careers, but it always felt like this unattainable thing. Like, well, you couldn't actually be an actor. You know, that's not a real career choice, right? I remember going to Nickelodeon Studios in Orlando, Florida with my family as a kid. I was like eight years old and I'm sitting on the Nickelodeon bench and we saw like, I don't know, a live taping. They actually used to film shows there, you know, and we saw kids get slimed. And I remember <laughs> looking at that going like, well, that sort of magical fun land isn't like a real career choice. And here I find myself as a voice, a Nick animation now. And, and so, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I aspired to do something in life that felt like a fake thing career choice and and somehow you know it's become a real one i'm sure you guys feel the same way but i just feel so lucky to have such a creative collaborative career and one that has found you know i've i've sort of amassed a, a very youthful audience for myself especially on social media and it's just so cool interacting with kids right now who do watch nickelodeon or watch some of the stuff that i do because that's sort of what i did as a kid wanting to connect with you know, Keenan and Kel and the, the cast of all that. That's something I, I always wanted. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. 
The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. They're going to look back on you, Ben, not to get too meta about this, but you're going to be, someone's going to be on a podcast and fanatics the hologram podcast one day when Claire and I are well dead or, or well holograms thanks for that cheerful thought David <laughs> yeah uh, but our holograms okay. we look great in our holograms oh Claire you're gonna be amazing as a hologram Sweet. nothing uh, says kids Nickelodeon quite like grim death yeah <laughs> but they're gonna be talking about Ben Giroux, and I think that's really fun there's gonna be a group of people who are gonna be like Ben Giroux was part of my childhood I think that's very cool and I think there's something very sweet and special. I don't even know if your mind has ever wrapped around that quite yet, but it'll happen. And it's just what a charming thing that you get to bring to people what your people have brought to you. Very cool. Well, I appreciate you saying that. It's sort of the same thing I was talking about with my parents sort of watching the things from their youth and listening to the music of their youth and me sort of looking at it like, wow, that seems kind of old school, get with the times as a kid. And now I'm doing the exact same thing. (laughs) You know, it's like that's sort of the cycle that we all go through as human beings. But yeah, nostalgia to me is one of those those driving forces in life. You know, as as an entertainer, I I I really aspire to make people laugh and to consume comedy and and experience laughter. But I think equal to that is also this really fond, I guess, feeling towards the past. Like we said, you know, simpler times and a time where we didn't have to think about mortgages and taxes and we just got to, you know, go outside on the slip and slide. But no Wordle, Ben. No yeah, wordle. No, no Wordle. There's no Wordle. Somehow... Nickelodeon like nailed the branding, I feel like as well, you know, before companies were really branding themselves, you know, you had NBC, ABC, CBS, limited amount of channels, but here they come with this big orange logo, you know, and these crazy shows. What do you think was appealing as a child about that branding and that still is appealing, you know, decades later? Yeah, it was like, you know, Nickelodeon, I think for 40 some years has said that their kind of trifecta is equal parts, hearts, smarts and farts. And I think that all three of those things, you know, certainly that is what they look for when they're developing shows. But that's what kids want. You know, kids kids can handle the intelligence. They can handle witty humor. Certainly they like a mess. You know, gross out humor, slime, and then the heart of it, too. Right. Like, you know, I think back to like old school Rugrats or Doug. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to be Doug because I could I could relate to having a crush on my own patty mayonnaise and dealing with my own Roger Klotz and and being afraid of, of the bully at school. So the heart of that, the the pathos I think shines through as well. So yeah, it's equal parts, hearts, smarts, and farts. And I think that speaks to the kid and all of us. I have never heard that before. That's awesome. <laughs> so Ben, if you were going to go pitch a show to Nickelodeon now, what would it be? 
Well, you know, it's it's funny you bring that Ben's up. This like, week. I already have mm-hmm. one. I've got three in, in on their table right it's now. It's actually sure. really funny because my writing partner and I are pitching seven to them next week. <laughs> so, um, I guess I don't totally want to go into the specifics of our ideas. <laughs> what's the eighth idea? What was the what was the yeah, one that's the off the idea? table? But I will say this: the one that I'm chatting with them about is uh, I've played the toddler on Henry Danger and Danger Force for a very long time. It's a superhero franchise, and I play the OG villain. Very subtle, nuanced role of an evil man-baby gangster. And so I'm pitching them an idea sort of revolved around that character because that character has had new life breathed into it from from social media. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. You talked about kids sort of retroactively looking back at somebody like me from their childhoods. Well, the strange thing is Henry Danger has been on the air for long enough where the kids who were like 12 or 13 who watched the pilot episode with us and are now in their early 20s while our spinoff show Danger Force is on the air. So there kind of is a nostalgia factor to this character already, which already makes me feel old. But um, so, yeah, pitching a couple of ideas related to that character, because also I'm just a, a big superhero fan. So anything revolving around superheroes and villains, my parents actually owned a comic book store in the 90s. Uh, so I grew up in a comic book store. So really anything having to do with heroes and villains uh, always, again, makes me feel something related to nostalgia and also just excites me. Which show would you want to bring back from the 90s? Oh, that's a if good question. If you could question. do a revival. You know, it's interesting because I think Doug is now owned by ABC, technically Disney, as opposed to Nickelodeon. But that's the first one that stands out because I was just, just such hmm. a fan of... Quailman. Uh, yeah, Quail. I mean, right. We all wanted to be Quail Man. We all wanted it banging on a it's trash a belt can. on a head. A belt on a head. Easy. <laughs> right. So, yeah, uh, Doug stands out to me. It's funny because Nickelodeon, with their new leadership, has really brought back a lot of the shows. They just did a revival season of Rugrats. They just mm-hmm. did a revival season of Are You Afraid of the Dark? You know, we talked about that earlier. All that. They brought all that back. They brought all that back. In fact, that kind of got squashed a little prematurely because of the pandemic and they're like "Eh, studio audience of kids probably not a good idea for a deadly aerosol virus (laughs) but a lot of those kids that they cast and all that are now coming with uh back with some of their own their own series so yeah i I, the first one that pops out to me is doug i i also used to love hey dude hey dude Mm -hmm. huge fan i grew up in phoenix arizona so you know we had dude ranches all around us so there's something about that that i thought was really cool I, you know, some a new version of Clarissa Explains It All would be pretty neat. It would. Salute your shorts. Like, give us another summer camp show. I think there's so much exciting Nickelodeon IP that it's been long enough that they could continue to bring it back. And I, I do think that is one of the goals of the network right now. How often did you watch growing up, do you think? Was it every day, possibly, Monday through Friday? Oh, or was easily. it? Easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, and then I remember like their special nights of the week, like SNCC. It was like Saturday night. You had Stick Stickly hosting a series of shows. I think it was like all that. I think Clarissa explains it all. Are You Afraid of the Dark? Those were three of them on SNCC. But Saturday night on Nickelodeon as a kid was like, you didn't make plans with your friends. You hunkered around the TV. And if you were lucky enough to have cable TV as a kid, that's what you were doing. And you were letting... uh, Oh, and then um, they had Nick News with Linda Ellerby. It was like how I got my news as a kid, which was so cool. It was so smart. Here's current events for kids in a digestible way. Um, You know, now, of course, we all have our phones and plenty of misinformation. It's great. 
But I was watching the Orange Years, and they talked about how that was such an important show for them, and they they showcased that real highlight for them was when Magic Johnson came on and had a bunch of kids around him explaining what HIV mm-hmm. was, yeah. and like this one young girl, she had HIV, and just she was teary, and it was just this very sweet and informative moment that created a lot of you know empathy and pathos and on Nickelodeon of all places and yeah they really were doing some really cool shit <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 so it's how I got my news it's how I got my entertainment it's how I bonded with my sibling it really defined my childhood experience in a really satisfying way well and think about the people who like just greenlit the channel to begin with like the pitch you're in a room and there's not you know the distribution platforms as I mentioned before that we have today and so like yeah a, a network only for kids well what are we going to do with advertising. Kids don't spend money. How are we going to be funded? How are we going to do this? You know, it really took like some innovative thought even to bring the channel, you know, onto the air, I think. They made it aspirational. And then you look at the things that you would want to do as a kid, right? I think of the the game shows, Mm -hmm. you know, Double Dare, Family Double Dare. You know how badly I wanted to be on Family Double Dare with my family? Oh my God, I know. They brought back Double Dare recently. And I was like yes. working every connection I possibly could. It was like, hey, bring some Nickelodeon personalities onto the show. I desperately want to do that obstacle course. It never wound up happening. But yeah, as you know, as a as a kid watching those game shows, there was the one with Mark Summers, not Double Dare. It was the one with the pies. Uh, figure it out. Was that it? Ooh. That was the one where they had to like figure out the different tastes of the different contestants or something like that. Yes. Yeah, and they got there clues. was one with like a pie roller coaster. There was a pie roller coaster that I always wanted to ride, and then like Legends of the Hidden oh, Temple, which they also recently sort of brought back. You know, all these like obstacle courses that looked so exciting. You know, it's funny as an adult. I do Spartan race obstacle course races. It's basically adult guts. Right. Like I am basically <laughs> training to climb my own version of the Astro Crag. Agro Crag. Agro, that's right. Agro Crag. But okay, so here's the good question though, Ben, as you're doing adult guts in your own real life, which is amazing. Legends of the Hidden Temple or Guts? If you could only compete on one of them, which would you do? Guts by far. I watched it certainly more as a kid and like you know, I think I've always had that short man mentality. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm five two. I was always smaller than the other kids, and I was like, man, I could, I could do that. They had like the go karts, and you had to climb the thing, and you. It was like this epic race. It just looked, you know, as a kid, everything looks bigger, right? It just looked like this massive obstacle course. It looked so exciting and adventurous, but everything's bigger as a kid. You know, I remember the last day of high school, a friend of mine said, hey, why don't we pop by our old elementary school on the very final day of high school to see if any of our old teachers are still there. And I remember as a kid, the courtyard of our elementary school felt vast. It felt like it would take years to walk from one side to the other. And I remember walking into that campus. There were like two teachers left to go say, you know, so long to. And it it was like the size of a shoebox. It was so unbelievably tiny i couldn't believe it so your your perception of how big and small things are as a kid is so skewed and you you mentioned david talking about those rose colored glasses it's probably the same as we reflect back on on the size and the scope of things and certainly that's how we're we're looking at the television shows and the music of our youth it's just like it's it just seems so vast in all the best ways 
And really, it seemed like, I think we said this earlier, a simpler time where we didn't, you know, technology wasn't obviously what it is today, you know, wearing your watch as a computer and your phone is a computer and you have a computer and it was a simpler time. And so there's something about like those memories. It's funny because when we were young, I feel at least my parents told me, oh, you guys have it so easy. We used to have to walk, you know, and now I'm wondering, like, how much easier is it going to get for, like, my kids' kids? Like, what's next? You know, I don't even know. Stuff was kind of cutthroat, too. I'm thinking of, like, at the end of the year, you had your yearbook pages. Like, you know, there were cool kids had had didn't have any room left on the pages. And yet, you know, I had a full page. (laughs) It was like, hey, does anybody want to sign it? Oh, some girls wished me like the worst things like rude things. Yeah. The, the teacher's allowed to be printed in the yearbook not not writing like printed <laughs> we just had valentine's day and i remember like valentine's day pops where like you know the cool kids had like people come in and sing to them and give them pops and yeah man, the 90s were just savage to be a kid <laughs> Brutal. i'll sign your yearbook ben oh thanks Claire man. Will too we'll we, sign I, it i'm there for you we'll put hearts over our eyes for you <laughs> So I'd love to get to the why. This is something that's always important in this podcast of just like maybe you've never thought about it. And I we are definitely hitting on it about simpler times and touching, you know, this part of your heart that you haven't that you haven't spoken to in a while or just putting on a Nirvana song. I get it. It just it brings you back to a time. But that's my question is like, you know, some people, their 12 year old, 13 year old, 11 year old self had a hard, hard childhood. You know, parents weren't there, this or that or whatever, or maybe you had a lovely childhood. I don't know. So my question for you is, you know, obviously it sounds like Nick made you feel like an adult, the news, the game shows, the out of bounds humor, it treated its audience like adults. What what would you say is the reason why you have such a fondness? If you've never even thought about it, I love this being the moment. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good question. I think I think it all boils down to that simplicity we talked about. You know, life has become, especially in the last two years, overwhelmingly complicated. Every day we walk outside of our living room doors uh, is risk assessment. Uh, We are dealing with unprecedented challenges as a, a, a species right now. And I think back to, you know, being on the school bus as a kid, uh, wanting to get home so I could do my homework quickly so I could watch Nickelodeon with my sister. And, you know, my parents were young and life goes by quickly. I've been cognizant of that even more so lately with all of the challenges that our planet is facing. And the 90s as a kid felt like it went forever. And it never felt like you were going to get old. And, you know, if your worst problem was, oh, gosh, I, you know, I tuned in late to guts tonight. It was like the end of the world, right? Yeah. And yet things have become decidedly more complicated as we've aged. So to me, the the word it boils down to is the simplicity. I, I miss that just youthful exuberance that we all had. And and look, that was the last of a very analog phase of our existence, right? Everything has become very, very digital. And old school Nickelodeon had this kind of messy analog quality to it. You know, you had to blow inside of a Nintendo cartridge to get it to work. There was a clunkiness to our youth. And I think that there's a real charm to that clunkiness and one that I that I miss, but I miss fondly and wistfully, not in a 
Not in a painful way of, oh God, I wish we could go back, but more of a, man, I'm so, I'm just so satisfied and thrilled we got to experience it. You're grateful. A lot of gratitude. Gratitude. Yeah. Gratitude for the simplicity. And because of how complicated life is right now and, and the daily stresses we deal with, you know, a, a real reverence for, for that simplicity that we came from. Well said. Well said, Ben. Uh, if only I could just slime you right now. <laughs> if only I could. Just, like I just push a button and hundreds of miles away from wherever you are, probably. <laughs> nah, probably 15 miles away in Burbank, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, right. All right, Ben. Also, uh, this has been a delight. Uh, Claire and I have had a joy with this. Topic is great. You're amazing. Could you please regale us with a love letter to 90s Nickelodeon? Dear 90s Nickelodeon, thank you for giving me an environment to be myself, uh, for telling me what it means to actually be cool, to allow me to find my own inner creativity, to allow me to appreciate the simplicity of childhood and nostalgia and youth. Thank you for defining my current life uh, and for setting me up for success. Love, Ben. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so good. So good. Just don't, just don't say water. Whatever you do, don't say water. <laughs> Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. So you know what is so funny that Ben said on the episode that is so relatable is huddling around the TV. You know, nowadays, I feel like our flat screens, they're hung above the fireplace, they're on the wall. The TV is not on the ground. And we don't you don't have to huddle the same way you did as a kid around the TV to to see it. So I personally had a flashback. <laughs> and I was spending the night at a friend's house. We were, you know, huddling around the box TV with the nice wood around it. And that was like super, you know, in style back then. And David, guess what we were doing, which I would never, I would hope my kids will never do this, but guess what we were doing while we watched probably Nickelodeon on this uh, box TV. Oh my gosh. What were you doing? I thought you were going to say like, I was going to guess like you're a foot away from the TV. We were, but we were huddling. Eyes. You were uh, chewing gum and leaving it on the carpet. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> we were roasting marshmallows with my friend's mom's lighter. And eating them. <laughs> I definitely would not have guessed that. And, and that's that amazing. was the 90s, guys. 
<laughs> it would have probably the 90s like in a nutshell. Nine or ten. Like super not shouldn't have had the lighter, could have had the marshmallows, but definitely shouldn't have been doing that. I, I could tell another story, but I won't. I'll save it for another episode. But yes, we were we were lighter, lighter roasting marshmallows and watching Nick at night on that box TV as we huddled around. And that is the 90s, right? Come on. It really is. I wish I had more marshmallow roasting in front of my TV moments, but I do leave that to Claire Kramer in suburban Ohio. Yep. Uh, I do think you made an amazing point, Claire. There's no such thing as huddling around the TV. Now there's TVs, like you said, above the mantel place. By the way, the TV above the mantel place, I feel terrible because it's always too high. Let's be real, folks. Everyone who has a TV above a mantel place, it's always just a little too high of an eye line. But you're not going to remove the fireplace. What are you going to do? Right. Anyway, that's my Seinfeld moment. What do you do with a TV above a fireplace? It's not right. It's not appropriate. (laughs) You're going to hurt your neck watching it. Well, that's where the lazy boys Uh, were invented. (laughs) I mean, that's actually, actually, that's not true. But I recently did some couch shopping and this is no lie. And you know what else is making coming back full circle like Ben with Nickelodeon and now being on, you know, Nate on Big Nate. You know what else is full circle, David? What? The couches that have pieces that come down and hold cups, built-in cup holders on couches are coming back. It's crazy. I think that's gross. I'm not a fan of that. That's why the side table was invented. You don't need a couch table in your couch. You have a side table to put your drink on. You don't want to put your drink on upholstery. That's That's my Seinfeld moment. That's gross. Well, you know, cars have cup holders. Why can't your couch have a cup holder or your bed have a cup holder? Well, your car is like all inclusive. It's like going to a sandals resort. Like whatever's happening in the car is happening in the car. Okay. But a couch is not an all inclusive experience. A couch (laughs) is just meant to be sit on and that's it. Some people want that. Some people want the couch to be everything. I loved, 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 loved salute your shorts growing up. That I, when he talked about that, that made me so happy. It really was just because I went to summer camp just like these kids. I would go to the eight week summer camp in Pennsylvania growing up, and I get it. I just fell in love with that time. I loved all that. I really did. I'm also such a kid of. Of Nick, so Ben really hit my heart there. It's it's a really special special thing. So I'm it was a really nice episode. I went down the same memory lane with him today, and it was great. One last thing before we cut out, I could relate. When I came to Los Angeles, I had an audition at Nickelodeon Studios on Hollywood Boulevard, and I might as well have just like died and gone to heaven because it was it was seeing my youth right there and like going in and seeing. You know, he talked about the theme park in Florida, but I I remember that so vividly, and I obviously did not get the part. But I was I was definitely like into it. I would have loved it. It's so fun. Yeah, no, I I got to do Top Top Elf on Nick a couple years ago or year last year, two years ago. Time means nothing anymore. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I did I did a Nick guest star on Side Hustle a few months ago. Like it, Nick, still it's true. It's a really sweet thing to be able to walk around LA, see the people, maybe be on this in the studio, maybe be on set, and just sort of 
keep rubbing shoulders with your childhood. It's a very, it's a very endearing thing and really sweet podcast. So thanks, Ben, for taking us down that lane. Thank all of you for listening. Please follow us and like and subscribe and share and five stars, all the things. We so appreciate it. And David and I have decided in an effort to connect with our audience, we're going to go live before we record each episode. We're not going to go live and record because then there would be no reason to listen to the podcast. But we're going to randomly be going live over the next couple weeks. So check our Twitters and check the We Are Fanatics Twitter. We'll give you guys an idea of when we'll be talking about the discussion. For example, today we went live on Instagram, talked about 90s nostalgia. So hop on over. It's a fun little quick conversation. And you can also stay abreast of what is to come on Fanatics. Yes. You can have the 411. The dogs and the digits. Those are digits. Guys, we love you as much as two hosts can love our audience. And we will see you next Thursday through the earphones. Bye-bye. Bye. And before we go, next week coming on Fanatics, we have the amazing actress, Samantha Hanratty. You, of course, know her from The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, Pushing Daisies, Salem, Shameless, and on Yellow Jackets, the show where she plays the big baddie, Young Misty, which is, of course, the younger version of Christina Ricci. She is coming on to talk about her love of the movie Moulin Rouge. It is a great episode, and there may even be a little singing. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your Fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics. Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced by me, Claire Kramer, and Kelsey Goldberg. Executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham. And you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song. Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode. Guts. In the 90s, you needed some guts. Whether you were a cool kid or if you were a putz. Sometimes you even got slimed. Clarissa explained it all. But you know what? Claire explains it better. Are you tired of dating assholes? Do you want a Prince Charming? If so, we're filming a reality show. Sign up here. Twelve American women are flown over to the UK for a Bachelor-style reality dating show. There are so many questions about a show like this, because it's so odd. These women have been told that they were going to be dating the world's most eligible bachelor, Prince Harry. What? Y'all playing with me, right? You can binge The Bachelor of Buckingham Palace exclusively on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app.